Don't be scared, I'm not preaching. If you would, turn to the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. We'll be reading 1 through 3. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily tangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Morning, church. Good to see each and every one of you here today. Thank you so much for coming our way. And if you're visiting, we would like to say stick around uh, for a few moments after our services so that we might get to know you better. Also, if you're looking for a church family, I want to encourage you to look no further. This is a special place. We're not perfect, but this is a special place. We're striving for our example, Jesus Christ, who is perfect. And we're striving to follow that example. And this is a special place. Over the summer, I've had the opportunity to speak at different uh, congregations, good congregations, but I want you to know, after being in those other places, I am so thankful to be a part of this congregation. And I want to encourage you, if you're visiting, that you too can have that same opportunity. This is a special place. So I want to thank you for being the people that you are. The people of God. The people of love and encouragement for one another. The people that will challenge each other and encourage each other in our daily walks. Have I said, this is a special place. Thank you very much. I hope that you've had the opportunity to pick up a bulletin. Uh, in it, we have a list of our new classes that will be starting this Wednesday night and then on Sunday morning in August. So I encourage you to take a look at that and make sure that you plug into one of those Bible classes. As I mentioned, this is a special place. And often we have opportunity and we take opportunity to pray for those in need. And as Brother Eddie mentioned David and Nancy White in the difficulties that they are having. And their family has requested prayers. Uh, Great burdens, great anxiousness are on their minds and hearts. And so we want to take an opportunity and pray for them. And I know there are others that have anxious feelings on, on your minds and on your hearts as you face various difficulties. And we want to lift you up as well. So as we begin our study this morning, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer on the Smith family, the White family behalf. Holy Father, we thank you, Father, for this day. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity to come together and to worship you. Thank you, Father, for Bradley and the way that he has led us. Thank you for each and every person who have lifted their voices and their hearts to you in praise for the way we've been led to Your throne in prayer. Father, we thank You for that opportunity. We thank You for that freedom. Father, we have many on our list today that we would like to ask that You will be with. 
Father, we are mindful of those like Donald Earl Williams and the procedures he's had this week. We're thankful for that, that things have gone well. We pray that you will continue to be with him. For Ivy Jean Morris, for Linda Mabry, and the struggles that they're going to through and the rehab that they will they are facing. We pray, Father, that things will go well with them. Father, there are many others. Those who have lost loved ones, and Father, we lift them up. We ask that you will be with them. Father, those who are facing surgeries, Father, we ask that you will be with them and comfort them with peace. Help that surgery to go well. Father, we have parents who are concerned about children. We pray, Father, that you will be with them, that you will be with those situations, that you will help things to work out, that you will bless those families. Father, we have parents, our our children that are worried about parents. Father, we pray that you will be with those situations and that you will help them work out. Father, we have those that are facing cancer and various diseases and illnesses. Father, we pray that you will be with those individuals and those families. Father, we pray for healing. And Father, we pray that you will work in their lives. Father, we especially want to offer up to you in our prayer this morning, Nancy and David White, as they each are facing surgery, impossible surgery, difficulties. Father, we just ask that you will be with them. Father, we ask that you will be with the doctors and nurses as they guide them, as they make various decisions. Father, we pray that you will guide them, that they will make the best decisions for them. Father, we pray for these surgeries and these procedures. We pray that they go well. And Father, we thank you for working in these situations. Father, we pray that you will be with this family, that you will watch over them through these difficult times. And Father, we thank you for our church family here at Savannah. It is a special place. Father, for what makes it special is we strive to have Jesus as our goal and our example. Father, knowing that we can't be perfect, but Father, we can be special as we try to seek to follow that example. And Father, we pray that what makes this place special, the love, care, and concern, and encouragement for one another, will flow from this building into the neighborhoods and homes and schools and businesses in this community. Father, so that You can receive glory. Father, thank You so much for this day. Forgive us of all of our many sins. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. I know that you've had opportunity to watch the news, to read the newspaper, to look on the internet. We've talked about it. But it still keeps happening, doesn't it? And so as we think about all these current events, these things that are happening in our world, sometimes we're left questioning what's going on. What are we to do as Christians in a chaotic world? I believe the answer might be found, well, really in all of Scripture, 
before our time this morning, it might be found in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and following. The idea of persevering in a time of chaos. The people in that the Hebrews writer is writing to, they dealt with chaos. They dealt with persecution. And the Hebrew writer writes to them, giving them encouragement, challenging them, and even reminding them of some people to look at. And so it is this morning as we think about this chaotic world that we live in, I want us to think about how you and I can persevere through this kind of havoc and chaos that is going on. Andrew Jackson, before he became the seventh president of the United States, he was a major general in the Tennessee militia. And in the War of 1812, one, at a time when morale was very, very low among his men, he gathered them together at a time when it, things were so low. He gathered his men together and he said, Gentlemen, I want you to remember, let's remember the enemy is over there. So often when chaos ensues, war and a chaotic world, Satan does an excellent job of causing us to forget who the enemy is. Of course, the enemy is him. He wants us to forget. The enemy is him. And maybe there's times in our lives we need to be reminded, like Andrew Jackson reminded his men, the enemy is over there. Not among the troops. Not among the people. Satan wants us to focus our lives on that of the chaos that surrounds us. Satan wants us to wonder what's going on. But Jesus would have us to focus on Him and set an example for a chaotic world. The early Christians, they faced all kinds of persecution. They lived among chaos like we do today. In fact, the whole theme of Hebrews chapter 12 is on that of perseverance or endurance. And it suggests the persistent life of a runner to keep on keeping on until the end. Pressing on to the end. And Paul would say that at times in his life as he wrote to the churches. In fact, the, the writer, the Hebrew writer, also takes the life of faith and likens it to that of a race. The Greek word for race is the same word we have for our English word, agony. And it implies of an ongoing struggle. And so it is as we think about these things, as we think about this chaos that our world is going through, and how we might as Christians live among this world of chaos. Let us look at the writer of Hebrews and some of the things he would suggest for them and even for us. Keep in mind also, there was a lot of chaos going on in these people's lives. For the, the people in the Christian in the days of the Hebrew writer, there was a lot of persecution going on. And they had a temptation to want to return to their former life so that they might avoid persecution. 
And the Hebrew writer comes along and he says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Notice how he calls attention to. He says, let us look around at the winners. Let us look around at those other people of faith. Don't be like Elijah and think you're the only ones. These people have lived by faith and they have made it through. Though not perfect, but they continued to look to God for guidance. All these people that we read about in Hebrews chapter 11. All these individuals that God worked through their lives. They placed their trust in Almighty God. Think about Joseph. Oh man, if we're having family problems, think about all the family problems Joseph dealt with. And yet God was with him. And he would say in that great cloud of witnesses, keep on going. You can do it. Maybe it is we have a job that we think is too big. Think about Moses. Think about the difficulties Moses had in dealing with the thousands of people as we led those people throughout the wilderness wanderings. But Moses is included in our heroes of faith who made it through. I think about David. If you ever ever attempted to retaliate, think about David. David had several opportunities to kill King Saul. But David respected the position. He respected the position of God's anointed, even though God had anointed him as a new king. He still respected the position. He had opportunity to kill Saul, but he didn't. Maybe it is you're struggling with patience this morning. Think about Peter. Peter struggled with patience. When the crowd came to the Garden of Gethsemane, Remember, it was Peter who drew his sword. He was ready to fight. But Jesus said, it's not time. This is not the kind of fight I need you to fight. That of physical, spiritual warfare. I think about Paul. This past week in one of our devotions, Dwayne led that devotion. And he was talking about Paul. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and the thorn in the flesh. And Dwayne brought out to us in how that when Paul went to God, God says no about removing the thorn in the flesh. Paul says, Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my affirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And Dwayne talked to us about boasting in those difficulties that we have so that God may be glorified. And as he was talking about these things, I thought about what he did. Not just here, but also back in the book of Acts on the road to Damascus. When Saul, if you're struggling with things in your life, Saul gives us an example, Paul gives us an example of someone who sees the things once pointed out by God, sees those things that need to be changed, and change them, or either accepts the answer that God gives. On the road to Damascus, he was going to persecute Christians. Yet, when he, talk, when he speaks with Jesus, he goes into the city. And an eyes prays for him, and, eyes, and scales fall from his eyes. 
or those that are like scales. And he can see, and he's taught, and he's buried with Jesus Christ in baptism. And the Bible says, he immediately goes on his way preaching Jesus, the very thing he was persecuting people for. And then I think about it here in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He had a thorn in the flesh, whatever that was. He thought that hindered him. He thought that hindered his work and what he was doing for the Lord. And he said, please, Lord, remove this from me three times. And the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. And the Bible records that Paul says, okay, therefore, then I'm going to glory in my weakness so that Christ, the power of Christ, may receive glory. He accepted the answer of the Lord. And then we can think about other winners, those who have gone on before us. There are many people that you have known that I have not known, and many people that we have all known together who have lived a life of faith in this very place. Their lives also are included in that great cloud of witnesses. Not that like in a sporting arena, these people sit around cheering us on, but their lives are a witness to you and I of people who had struggles, but they kept putting their faith and their trust in God. And now they receive their crown of righteousness. The Hebrew writer reminds these Hebrew people in their temptation to want to go back to a life of ease in the midst of a world of chaos. Not unlike back in Egypt, Back when they were in the wilderness wandering, they wanted to go back to Egypt. They thought that was a life of ease, though it was work, though it was painful, and they're there because they cried out to the Lord. Look at the heroes and the winners around us. But then he also says, let us Lay aside every weight in the sin that so easily ensnares us. And let us. Reminding those Hebrew people to look at yourself. Reminding us to look at ourselves. And the weights, the things that weigh us down and keep us from moving forward. You think about those athletes who train every day. Maybe those runners or those people who want to get faster and stronger. They run and they practice with weights on their body. Yet when they enter the contest, they take those things off. Or like the batter who steps up uh, onto the on deck circle. And he's swinging that bat. He puts that weight on so that he's ready when that bat seems lighter and he can swing it faster. But he doesn't step into the batter's box with the weight on. He takes that weight off. And the Hebrew writer says, let us lay aside that weight that entangles us and holds us back from being what we can be. Because in a world of chaos, that's what the world needs to see. People who pray, people who live out the lives of Jesus, the example of Jesus in their lives. And he's challenging these people in the book of Hebrews to lay those things Aside, Let's think about some of the things that might hinder us from running this race in a way that God would have us. I think about things like gossip, backbiting, greed, the love of money, 
envy, hatred, materialism, all things that our world struggles with today. And yes, and it even can weigh down the life of the Christian. I think about things like pornography. Do you realize that pornography is a trillion dollar industry? More money is made in the industry of pornography today than the NBA, the NFL, and the MLB all put together. Folks, that can be a weight that weighs us down and keeps us from being the lights in a chaotic world. I think about things of apathy, weight of apathy, weight of the guilt of faults or harsh judgment from others. People who are constantly putting us down. The idea of, I have to be perfect. What about the idea of unbelief? Turn a page or two over to the book of James. James chapter 1. In verse 2, James also starts talking about trials. And James would challenge his readers in a different way than those of that of the Hebrew writer. And he said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Why? Here it is. Now this is a similar thing that the Hebrew writer is talking about. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience or perseverance. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith. Here it is, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not the man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord, those who doubt. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. In verse 12, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love Him. And that's what the Hebrew writer is saying. These people in Hebrews chapter 11, these people who we read about all through Scripture, these people that we know who have walked and lived by faith, guess what? We can rejoice that now they are enjoying their crown of life. And their life is a witness to you and I of people who realize those weights in their lives. And they laid them aside. Maybe sometimes multiple times, but they continue laying those things aside so that they might keep pressing forward. Why? Because they have that goal of that crown of life. And you and I too can receive that. Remember the Hebrew writer says, run, not walk. Be active, not passive. To endure, we need to lay those weights off that will hold us back. And then finally, and most importantly, verse 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our, of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. When you go outside and you look up into the sun. The sun blinds you, right? We want to put on 
sunglasses. We want to put on hats. We want to keep our eyes from the sun, but not so with the Son of God. For we need to keep the Son of God in our focus. Satan wants to say, look at those weights. See, you can't do it. You're not good enough. Let us remember in those times. And in those times when Satan says, look at all the chaos that's going on in the world. It's a bad world. What are you going to do? Let us remember to focus our eyes on Jesus and keep running the race. That's what will make a difference in a chaotic world. That's what the Hebrew writer wanted them to understand. Don't look at the chaos. Yes, it will be difficult, but keep focusing on Jesus and keep running the race. Looking to Jesus describes an attitude of faith, not a one-time single act. A constant attitude. It means that we trust in the Lord. We keep our eyes on Jesus and place our trust and our lives in Him. While on this earth, Jesus, He lived by faith, didn't He? He came to set us an example we've already mentioned that we should follow in His steps. What are some of those examples? I think about Mark chapter 10 and verse 45, where Jesus said the Son of God did not come to be served, but to serve. I think about when He washed the disciples' feet. He gave an example of service. Guess what? In the midst of a world of chaos. And Jesus reminds His disciples, yes, it will be tough. Yes, there may be difficulty. Yes, there will be people that will put you down. Realize that's the work of Satan. Chaos is the work of Satan. Those weights that we have in our life, Satan will tempt us and cause us to to, uh, be weighed down by focusing on those weights. And the Hebrew writer says, lay those things aside and focus on Jesus and keep serving and keep running the race that is marked out for us. Jesus did that. For in the garden, when He faced the cross, the pain and suffering, He facing that gave us an example that we should follow. Father, if it be Your will, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but Your will be done. Look at the things that Jesus endured. The Hebrew writer said, He endured the cross. While on the cross, Luke says in chapter 23, while on the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they were doing. Can you imagine the chaos that surrounded the crucifixion of Jesus? And Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they, do, they are doing. He endured a shameful death. He endured suffering. He endured taking on the sins of the world, your sins and my sins, and, and having separation from God. And where He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He did that so that He might complete the work of the Father and give us an example that we should follow in His steps. Why was He able to endure these things? He didn't use divine power for His own personal good, 
but he placed his faith in God. It was the joy that was set before him. The joy of returning to the Father. You see, Jesus and these Hebrews in chapter 11, these heroes in Hebrews chapter 11, and the heroes that you and I know that have lived the Christian life, they focused, kept trying to focus on their future and that crown of life. Their future home in heaven. And they did their best not to look back. And now they're enjoying that crown of life with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Remember Peter, in Matthew chapter 14, as he's walking there on water, he was scared. Jesus, if it's really you, let me come out on the water. You know what's awesome? Have you ever thought about that? That when Peter focused on the Lord, Peter walked on water. But then Satan said, Hello, Peter! Look at the wind. Look at the storms around you. Look at all the chaos. And he began to sink. And Jesus reached out His hands and immediately pulled him up. And He said, Oh, you of little faith. You see, Jesus knows when we focus on Him and run the race, great things can be done. Lives who are tired because of the chaos can be touched. And people who are dying, their souls can be be united with Jesus in baptism. And they can receive salvation from sin. You see, as we think about all the events that are taking place, the chaos, we need to look at those winners all through Scripture. Those people who have lived it. Their lives serve as a witness to us. We need to look into our lives and see anything that weighs us down and keeps us from running that race and focusing on Jesus. Because as long as we keep our focus on Him, we can have that crown of life. Paul would say in Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, not that I have already attained or am already perfected, But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself as as having apprehended it. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul would say to Timothy, Timothy, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. 
Henceforward there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. And that's what I'm striving for. I'm almost there, Timothy. I'm almost there and I want my life to serve as an example. Not of perfection, but of every time that's brought to light in my conscience of those weights, I lay them aside. Paul calls himself... Paul called himself the chief of sinners. Think what you've done is bad? Paul called himself the chief of sinners. In a sense saying, through Jesus Christ, if I can make it, so can you. Keep the faith. Keep enduring. Keep pressing on to the end of that crown of life. Today, are you a child of God? Are you tired of living that life of chaos? That life of emptiness? That Satan says through the pleasures of the world, through the pleasures of sin, can bring happiness. But if you've been walking through that chaos without Jesus, you know there's no happiness. We're here today as a body of Christ, as a special place, as a special people to declare to you not that we are perfect, but to declare to you we need Jesus. If you've not done so, it's our prayer that you will. We have water. If by some chance Satan has sucked that water out of this baptistry, we will find water so that you can be buried with Jesus Christ in baptism to rise in newness of life with the forgiveness of sins. Maybe it is you're here today and Satan has piled a lot of weights in your life. Wouldn't it be awesome, no matter what happens tomorrow, that you can leave this place today with those weights laid aside. And you can run from this point forward. You can run freely without those weights holding you back. Run to your goal, the crown of life. If you have a need, please don't wait any longer. Don't be held back by the chaos of this world. If you need to respond to the Lord's invitation, don't wait another moment, but come and let us assist you any way we can as together we stand and sing.